Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Leaders today have more resources, training, and support than they have ever had in history. Yet leadership failures, dismissals, and resignations are at an all-time high. Likewise, employees are receiving more benefits, resources, and flexibility than they've ever had before. Yet, we are seeing alarming rates of depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues among employees and many are quitting their jobs with an attitude that it's just not worth it. For years, Karen Kenny, CEO of Evolve Leadership, C-suite executive coach and former executive director at the Johnson & Johnson Human Performance Institute, has recognized the link between mental and physical well-being and leadership and human performance. Her work in this area began in 2001 as the co-founder of a company that developed the world's first direct-to-consumer digital behavioral health coaching programs, which were ultimately acquired by Johnson & Johnson. Six years ago, Karen led the creation of the world's first whole-person, whole-life C-suite executive coaching and development programs and today leads a global team of executive coaches, physiologists, dietitians, and other leadership and human performance experts who are training leaders, teams, and organizations to develop higher levels of physical well-being, mental and emotional resilience, and character-centered leadership, which she sees as the key to developing strong, sustainable leaders who will thrive in all areas of their lives. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world, minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Karen Penny. How are you? Thank you, Lily. I'm doing great and very happy to be here with you today. Yay. Calling from the East Coast from Boston. It's a beautiful day. Yes. Yes. So we're excited to have you. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Very excited. Yes. All right. So Karen, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. 
My path really, I would say, evolved out of a personal passion and purpose around mental health. I'd say really started for me in terms of relevance in 2001 when I co-founded a company that developed the world's first digital health coaching programs for people with mental health challenges, behavioral health challenges. I had a husband who struggled with increasingly debilitating mental health issue, ultimately passed away from it. So I knew of the challenges that people dealt with. He was an executive. He was moving into a role, you know, to lead the company. He was a father, a husband, running for local office. So all the pressures. And back then, I think people didn't understand. There was so much stigma and just not a lot of help available. So for me, it was very personal in terms of providing more help for people who either wouldn't come forward or didn't have the resources or was less support available. So we actually got acquired and then ultimately got acquired into Johnson & Johnson, who was a client using our programs. So I moved into J&J and was part of the health and wellness leadership team, really launching the health and wellness business for J&J in their quest to achieve this healthiest workforce in the world. At the same time, J&J acquired the Human Performance Institute in Orlando, which has been around for over 30 years, working with some of the top athletes, leaders, military special forces, hostage rescue teams, basically anyone who has to sustain high performance under very stressful conditions, stressful roles. You, you can't have a bad day, if you will. So six years ago, I moved directly into the Institute as part of the leadership team, but then was responsible for creating a premier program for the top of the house C-suite leaders at J&J and externally, this whole person, whole life coaching program, something that didn't exist. And my team developed that. We delivered that. And then two years ago, 2020, J&J closed that commercial business. So I was able to form Evolve Leadership. Now I'm the CEO of Evolve. We're still offering C-suite executive development programs, as well as leadership team training, really focusing on that whole person and whole life. And I'm very fortunate because Jim Lair and Jack Roppel, who were co-founders of the Human Performance Institute, are part of our coaching and advisory team. So that brings us to today. But as I said in the beginning, very much rooted in my purpose and passion, probably recognizing too that at the top of the house, people are really struggling. You know, we think people get to the top and then they've got it and they've made it, but everyone struggles. For me, you can influence the most if you can reach people at the top and then they impact so many people, right? Families and communities. And for me, working with CEOs for so many years, being the wife, my husband's a CEO, um, and being a CEO of a company, I've also had the different perspectives of understanding what those challenges are. This is such important work. When you talk about top of the house, you know, the leadership, leadership to me is a position of serving those around you of equipping those around you, of adding value to those around you. And if you're not operating in a healthy way, you know, you spoke about mental health, which is, you know, something that we really need to grapple with and embrace and confront yeah. and equip people with, you know, to help them through that. As you know, um, I love that you work your passion. I love that this is your journey because it is so, so needed. In my experience, I've encountered leaders who have not done the work and because they haven't done the work, they hurt, you know, not just themselves, but those around them. And so your organization is called Evolve Leadership. Yes. So where can we find more information? Thank you. No, evolveleadership.com or certainly reaching out to me on LinkedIn. The website's a great place to find additional information on the work we're doing. You'll see the different types of programs that we offer. So we do both one-on-one -on -one coaching for individuals, 
C-suite and leaders at the top of the organization, but we also do team on one coaching. So if we're coaching you, we might give you not only a specialized C-suite coach, but a physiologist and a dietitian and other health and human performance experts, because we're coaching the whole person. We're leaders. We don't coach the role. I think traditional leadership development is focused on coaching the role, those business competencies and skills. And you are so much more than the role, right? You're a human being. And so we also need to get a picture of them. So we will look at how things are going outside of the workspace versus traditional leadership development, where you just do maybe stakeholder interviews. We'll interview a spouse or significant others, family members. So how are they doing in other areas of their lives? We'll do an executive health exam. So we will look at them basically inside and out very confidentially and personally, but so that we can actually find where are the areas of vulnerability and opportunity and how can we reinforce and help that person build capacity so they are not at risk for episodes or issues that can impact not just them, their families, their workforce. And then we'll also create this ecosystem of support where We'll train the family members. We'll train the administrative assistant. We'll train colleagues at work. So I always say, you know, anyone who eats with, sleeps with, schedules meetings for that individual, we're going to train them to increase their performance and well-being. So A, they get it and they can help in terms of accountability and creating that support system. But you're also elevating the performance of those around you, which I think is really important. Yes, that's absolutely important work. Now, you know, for listeners who are just starting in leadership, who are learning, you know, how to lead themselves well, what's some advice that you can give them? That's a good question. I think that leaders today are very different than leaders before, right? Authenticity is incredibly important and non-negotiable, if you will. But I think number one is really investing in yourself and your own well-being, because you see this even at the student level, right? business students, they'll go nonstop, sacrifice themselves in the process, neglect themselves, sleep. They go so hard, so fast, linearly, and they don't take a break. So the idea is, how do you take care of yourself holistically? Because you're training for the long run here, right? Um, But I would say most importantly, too, within that is getting connected to a personal purpose. And that is Oftentimes, again, I'll go back to students, you go to school, maybe law school or business school, because someone else thought it was a good idea. Make sure you're doing what you love and what you're passionate about, because then, you know, where you're spending most of your life is doing something related to what you enjoy. And I say personal purpose, not work purpose, because especially we see this in the healthcare industry or pharma industry, someone developing life-saving drugs. Sometimes people put everything they have into their job that they sacrifice themselves in the process. So make sure it's something that's personally important to you that extends beyond your job, but then that you can activate within your job. And if you can get that right earlier on in your life, instead of waiting till you're older like me and trying to figure things out and having regrets, you're going to be better off as a leader. Set yourself up well with what matters. One, what's important to you? Why is it important? What is your why for being there? And then two is what's the legacy that you want to have with people? How do you want to impact people? And young leaders often, they'll push hard to get to the top and get promoted, et cetera, but don't step on people in the process because you're not actually showing true leadership, like bring them along. So the impact you want to have on others is so important in your life because 
That's how you're going to be measured. Ultimately, that's your personal scorecard. And that's what's going to matter. You're going to drive followership from people who think that you care about them. So A, take care of yourself first and foremost, and B, think about the impact you want to have in your job as a leader. And even if you're not leading a team, you can, and you do impact others in your organization, colleagues, clients. And so those experiences matter, how you treat them, how they feel. You know, so many nuggets here. I wrote down a couple. Of <laughs> One of the things that you spoke about is investing in yourself. And that's something that I had learned to do later on. I mean, I'm of the generation where we weren't told, you know, do what you love, do what's in your heart, do what you're passionate about. It was like, do what makes money. Make um, money, yeah. <laughs> right. So I love how you've shifted and I've shifted as well. This is the my passion work. Even though I am in the education space and have been for years, I love what I do. And I think education is a space where we need this type of work, yeah. type of learning. You also talked about taking care of self. And that's super important in this age where we're supposed to be crushing it all the time. I love crushing it, but as we crush it, <laughs> we can't crush ourselves. Like that. And, you know, I've experienced burnout, so I know what that is. And so as I look to this new generation that's coming up, it's the message that you speak so eloquently about is making sure you take care of yourself, making sure you invest in yourself. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And I would say you can crush it, like go ahead and crush it. But when you crush it, you have to, what we call oscillate, you need to recover. So yeah. There are times when you have to power through, again, from the very beginning, you've got a project, you've got a client project that's due the next day, it's got to be done, you might have to stay up late, but you know what, then you need to build in strategic recovery the next day and kind of match that recovery to the stressor. So I'll give an example, if I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to maybe take a week off running, I might do a little PT afterwards, get a massage, if I'm going to run four miles, I might just take a day off running and you know, stretch a little bit. So when you got to crush it, make sure you've built in some recovery for yourself afterwards. And it's not the night, the weekend, the vacation. You need to be able to do it in the moment. You need to develop this toolkit of recovery techniques, whether it's deep breathing or meditation or listening to music. And so you need to oscillate. That's how we can continue to crush it without burning out. And I think the problem is exactly what you said, Lily, that we're told to power through and it's a badge of honor if you're not sleeping or you're sleeping less hours or that you work this many hours or the people who go on vacation and they put on their out of office, but then they reply when someone reaches out to them. There are times when you might have to be available. So, you know, structure that in, but you're sending a message to other people that, you know, it's okay for you to bother me. This is more important. And people often do that as young leaders because they want to show their value right. in the end. They're going to be resentful to those leaders who actually do know how to create space for themselves and boundaries and still be successful because actually creating those boundaries and oscillating through that recovery is what is going to make you successful. I love that oscillating strategic recovery. You know, I call it reset. You know, we forget that we need our bodies to be healthy later on. And so thank you so much. Now, as a lifelong learner, Karen, what are you learning right now? My biggest passion and focus right now, obviously I continue to learn in the work we're doing, but I'm looking a lot at human longevity and healthy aging. It's something that our clients are very interested in. As I mentioned, we have physiologists and dietitians who work with them 
it's not like just meal planning or weight loss. It's how do you focusing on inflammation and the gut microbiome and how do we grow telomeres? So that's something, even though I am not a physiologist or dietitian, I have great passion for it. So I've been focusing on personally learning more about it. You know, obviously you've got to go to the right sources and science-based. We're partnering with people like that. So going beyond even the executive health exam to very deep learning, again, much more deep testing. So through partners and just, um, I have this whoop on right now, it's a heart rate variability. It measures strain and recovery. So again, this gets back to strategic recovery, but using devices, looking at technology and looking at research on how do we drive longevity? Because your genes certainly play a role, but they're not the key. They're one contributor. They're not the determinant. And we can alter them to a degree based on our behaviors, et cetera. So that's my area of passion and where I'm trying to continue to learn more. And it's never too early to, you know, tap into those resources. So evolveleadership.com, I will certainly be looking at that and referring people because we need this, you know, in the education space, especially I think of all the educational leaders who seems like they're just operating on this thin layer of energy because they're so depleted and there's very little recovery. You're right. They're just, they're going linearly. They're skimming across the surface. And and you mentioned energy. We actually look at energy in four dimensions. So there's the physical, that's your base energy. That's your nutrition, your sleep, your hydration, your movement. And the idea is you want to continue to do that throughout the day. I mentioned that oscillation. That's how we develop as human beings. We develop physically, but then emotionally, we have to train emotionally. Emotions are huge and they impact every part of our life, as you know, and then mentally our ability to focus. And then we say spiritually, which is really your purpose. So you train from the bottom up, you train physically, then emotionally, and then mentally, and then focus on developing that purpose, which is so important. I encourage all of your listeners to spend time getting that right. But then we lead from the top down. You lead with purpose, right? Yes, that whole life approach. It's so necessary. Thank you so much, Karen. Now, Karen, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? I'm most concerned about the number of dismissals, resignations. I think the leadership failures is at an all-time high. We have more training and development available than we've ever had before. But we see 40% of leaders don't last 18 months in their role at the CEO level. Deloitte just published a study, you probably saw it, where 70% of C-suite leaders are saying they're contemplating quitting their jobs because it's not worth the impact on their mental well-being. If you look at what's required from a leader today, especially as you get higher up in an organization, they have to be all things to all people. They have to take a stance on social, environmental, governmental issues, everything is on them, right? It used to be compartmentalized and the stress and the demands from the boards and shareholders and the media. So I'm most concerned because people, if they're living their passion and they're going for that role and they want to make a difference, but they're saying it's not worth it. That's what's most concerning is we're seeing, as you said, so many people succumbing to burnout and it doesn't have to be. So that's what I'm most concerned about because It takes a while to build a great leader. It takes a while to build a great organization, but the impact is significant when you lose someone, especially when it's unplanned. And we're seeing more and more every day. So that's concerning. It actually concerns me with women leaders and people of color and minorities. So because of everything that's happened the last couple of years, for very good reason, we're seeing more women and and people of color and others put into roles. So we're 
writing the ship, you know, it, this is good, but what's happening is people are trying to meet a quota. So they're fast tracking them or leapfrogging them and they're not preparing them. So they put them in the role, they've got them in the role, and then boom, you check the box. But it's like now you're not setting that person up for success. By the way, there's research out there that shows that there's greater scrutiny on women leaders who were put in roles, and actually they're fired more frequently than men, even if their performance is good, because investors and boards have a bias in terms of their long term ability to perform in their roles. So we have to work on that a lot. So that's my concern is we're not preparing leaders would be the headline, I guess. And this idea of well-being that you and I just spoke about, recognizing that performance and well-being are inextricably linked. But what I'm hopeful about is you're seeing it now more and more with organizations and you're seeing it at the top of the organization. And you know whether it's because of COVID or burnout or leaders just recognizing it themselves, we're starting to see it more and more. So I'm hopeful that people will continue to get that, especially if you look at, well, people got to go remote during COVID and had better quality of life for some people, others didn't. But why do we have the highest levels of depression than ever before? You know, 25% of adults struggle with depression right now. That's concerning. So I think the hope is recognizing that the body is business relevant, that we need to focus on physical and mental well-being for our leaders, treat them as human beings, and create a better human connection. So I think we're starting to go in the right direction. I feel good about that. How about you? Have you seen that? Absolutely. And you know, when I think of evolved leadership, I think of how you're creating something that helps sustain a leader or sustain an organization in a healthy way. There are many programs that give you information and that's great, but you focus on, I'm imagining the whole person, the whole organization, and you provide the support that helps to sustain them so that they can sustain the people they lead. And that's super important because again, we have a lot of one and dones, a lot of check the boxes, and that has been our culture. We get it done, but you go deeper. And I value that, Karen, because that's so needed and it's unique. Well, thank you. I think, like you said, it's sustainability. You can get to a role one way or another. Hopefully you do it in the right way, but it's staying in that role. And we have to look at what are the boundaries? What are the barriers? What are the vulnerabilities of that leader? And it's so personal. Your vulnerabilities can be very different than mine. We all bring in our own life and environment and upbringing and all those things. So the more we can tailor to the individual and make them feel safe, that's why the confidentiality is so important. Then we can really help them as leaders, but as human beings, which will then make a great leader. Yes. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So if we focus on helping leadership, it helps everything all around the organization, the people they lead, your customers, your clients, everything. Well, we can't do it alone. Like yet you have an amazing podcast and you have so many, such a diverse group of people that have come in and and continue to come in at at different levels of the organization and different roles. And so I think the key is too, none of us can do it alone and we need to help each other. So what you're doing is great because it's bringing all this together because we're going to need these different pieces of information and sound bites and pieces of advice at different points in our career. So, I mean, good for you. Thank you, Karen. And it's conversations like this, you know, master leadership, masters of verbs. So we're mastering this thing. We never arrive. So I thank you for coming on and um, the perspective that you talk about is so important. All right. So we have a surprise question from a former guest. Are you ready? Sure. 
All right. So Lisa Druxman wants to know, what do you do when you want to throw in the towel? And I know it happens. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. You can't be an entrepreneur and start businesses and not want to throw in the towel. I think the first thing I do is I take a breath, right? So I take a breath and I stand back, try to evaluate where it's coming from. Am I just having a bad day? Did I have more than one bad day? Am I focusing on the negative? And so one is I have to kind of check in with myself because we are not great coaches for ourselves often. But the other thing is I try to tap into the inner coach that I've been trying to cultivate. And so we all have this private voice that has been with us since we were born. Some say even before you were born in vitro, but we have this voice that's always telling us that you're not quite good enough or smart enough or strong enough. It kills our confidence right. and people have it at least sometime in their life. Imposter syndrome is very real, as you well know. And if you go for a leadership role or a harder role, you're going to experience imposter syndrome because it's hard. And if you go in and you're so confident, then you probably aren't going for the right role. You're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone enough. So taking risks is great and important in its growth, but that's to me when you want to throw in the towel often because it's really hard. Right. It could be in your personal life too, just trying something new and just even relationships. So I go back to trying to step outside of myself a little bit and looking at the facts, challenging questions, like what evidence do I have that this is the right choice right now? What are my alternatives? And then I look to try to combat that inner voice that says throw in the towel because it's easier, right? It's safer to throw in the towel and to quit something. There are times it's, it is time to throw in the towel, but make sure you do it for me. Make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and make sure I am in a good frame of mind, emotionally, mentally, physically, right where I can make that decision. And then my really North star piece of that is thinking about my purpose. So I have a purpose. Does this align with my purpose or does it take away from it? If I have a purpose and it's focused on my family and quality time and what I'm doing does not allow me that at all, that's going to be a much easier decision. If I can look at that purpose, that's why I can't stress it enough, like spend time getting your purpose, getting it right, making sure it's measurable, sustainable, and then vet your decision making. And yeah, your question about throwing the, the towel with does this bring me closer to my purpose or further away? And it'll be a lot easier to figure out. So how important also is coaching? I mean, we have our inner coach. You know, I think having an inner circle is super important. People you can tap into, you know, a coach. Yes. How important is that, especially at a time like this? The inner circle? Critical. I'm fortunate that I work with a team of amazing coaches around the world who have different specialties from physicians to who have led top leadership teams have been in air force, et cetera. Get yourself a diverse group of people who don't agree with you all the time, who will challenge you. I think that's so important that you trust and that will keep your confidence. I think it's critical. We all need each other. Just like I said, we need the information and advice from each other, but we also need a team to challenge us and to support us and to help us get past our own biases. So it's your inner coach is going to be the most important coach you ever have in your life. It's important that you work on that coach because that takes training. And that's one coach that will be with you forever. But that external circle is so important too, because as we said, that private inner voice is often not giving you the best advice. And sometimes we have blind spots as human beings, for sure. Absolutely. And you know, you mentioned trust. And to me, that's a word that is so important in leadership. Yeah. Uh, but it's also not as common or not as prevalent, 
I think that trust is a foundation of leadership. How do you cultivate trust as a leader? I find that a very great tool for cultivating trust is vulnerability. So if you tell me that you're struggling with what's going on or you've made mistakes, when you share mistakes and you share struggles, then people are going to trust you because you're not this perfect person. So we all have this awesome social media presence. If you look at my social media, I've led a couple companies, co-founded a company. Now I work with CEOs of some of the biggest companies, et cetera. I have this great social media profile that I have this great family traveled around the world. My social media doesn't tell you that I had a husband who struggled with mental health and passed away. It didn't tell you that it was really challenging to be a single parent of two children who went through some of their own challenges. It doesn't tell you that we had a startup and couldn't barely keep the lights on at times. And I'll tell you about health issues that I've experienced. So we don't do others a service all the time by presenting this perfect person, perfect leader. That's something that I had to learn because I wanted to show everything's okay, right? And I'm you know, doing great. But when you're a leader and you say, you know what, I was in your position and this was hard for me, or COVID is hard for me too, I'm struggling, or you know, let them in about something that's going on with a family member that maybe is experiencing a mental health issue or a health issue and you know, I'm not going to be my best right now because I'm going through this, but I'm here for you. Then they're going to trust you because you know what? You trusted them with your most precious information and something that could appear to make you weaker. So building trust is obviously doing what you say you're going to do. Not this polished presentation in front of the team or the organization. It's being honest when things are, you know, difficult, calling it out. But guess what? But we're going to do this and we're going to together, we're going to make it through this particular challenge. So be honest, tell the truth, but be vulnerable. This human connection is more important than it's ever been in our lifetime. And that is we've been separated a lot through COVID and other means. And whether you're remote or back in the office, there's different arguments for both. The human connection was something that we lost a lot of and people need. So you need to have that one-on-one individual connection with someone for trust, for inspiring them, for engaging them. So that's my belief. Well, you know, Karen, you embody this because at the top of the interview, you did speak about your husband and you were vulnerable and you've certainly captured my heart. You know, and one of the things that comes across is your incredible love for people. And I'm going to say it, it it is love. We don't speak about it much, especially in the corporate world, that four-letter word. We should. We should. I feel the love from you. I feel the connection. I feel how important this work is for you and how you care about people. And so EvolveLeadership.com, I absolutely will look into it and promote it because it's needed. And it's not just what you know. It's not just your connections. It's who you are. So well said. It's who you are. That's the essence of your life, right? Yeah. So as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would have for a future leadership guest? Like, what are you curious about? Not knowing the particular guest, I would say, I am curious about other people's failures, not because I want to hear people's failures, but I feel like there's so much advice that we get and we all have great advice to give. But when I hear of other people's failures and I have gone through the same thing or might go through the same thing, I think it's really helpful and it's great learning because not just their failures, but what did they do to overcome that failure? So I would say from a future guest, what did they learn through trying? And it gives hope to other people too. I think we need to give hope to leaders because I mentioned challenges and all the things that make it difficult, but leaders, you lead in your life. It's not just your work. They're so important. It's all important for all of us to be leaders, but I think if we can learn from each other, and again, this is what 
your podcast. And you had one recently, I noticed that there was vulnerability. Someone had shared where they had failed or been in a difficult situation. And that's learning right there. The stories of what we faced and how we overcame them. I love to hear that. And those are great questions, you know, so I'll share one, not that you asked. Oh, I would appreciate that. Thank you. It's learning who you are as an individual and your talent and fears that you come across. And one of the biggest things that I had to encounter was the end of a 30 year marriage and then facing that. And what does leading myself look like after that? Because I've yeah. been in the space for so long and what does it look like now? And how do I lead myself through this that I've never done before. And then you have a lot of voices telling you different things about who you are and you still have to stand strong and remember you've made a choice because you choose you. There was a quote, I'm not walking away to teach people lessons. I'm walking away because I finally learned mine. I love that. I love that. So I'm going through it. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to hear it. You know, usually these things happen for a reason and you will be stronger as a result of it. I love how you said the inner coach, you're talking to that voice, right? It's someone that talks to us every day and sometimes talking back to us. So I think that's great. And I know it's clearly, you can tell you're a person who's going to make it through and you're going to be more than okay. But but it's a process. It's a journey, just like all of our lives. We're going to have this roller coaster of life. It's how do you take care of yourself during the process? And what did you learn as a result of it that you're going to bring forward for all of the people that you're impacting and you just, you sharing it right now. It's helpful, helpful for me and I'm sure for everyone listening. So thank you. Thank you, Karen. And I think there are so many areas in our lives where we can learn to lead ourselves differently and and well. So, you know, it's a learning process. This conversation has definitely helped me. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I'll just nail on the purpose piece again, because I am so passionate about that. Spend some time on it, thinking about why you're here and what you want to accomplish, and then what's the legacy you want to lead. And what I think is really helpful is journaling, write, reflect. In fact, the art of writing has a lot of science behind it, but spend time thinking about it, get it right. It might take iterations, it changes over time, but you know, questions like, why am I here? What must I achieve to live a life of success? What's the legacy I want to create and leave? Can just create so much more fulfillment and clarity for you. And most of the leaders I work with, struggle with boundaries and stress, et cetera, you'd be surprised how much having that clarity and connection can help you with decision-making, prioritization, self-care. When we have something, we know what we're playing for. We see what all these behaviors and decisions and well-being behaviors included ladder up to it. So I think just keep focusing on that is really important. I think the key is You can't prepare for everything, right? There's no way leaders, especially today where we have to know everything, you can't prepare for everything, but you can prepare for anything. And that means if you shore up yourself, become stronger, build more capacity, whatever that anything is, whether it's your divorce or an illness or mental health issue, whatever it is, then you can handle it. You'll be able to take that on. So instead of trying to focus on a specific thing or worry about a specific thing, just continue working on building your own capacity and getting aligned to that purpose. Sorry to nail that in so many times, but as you know. No, no. <laughs> it's a beautiful way to close us out with so much wisdom. You can't prepare for everything, but you can prepare for anything. And I love the journaling piece. You know, I've interviewed many leaders and the most effective leaders use that. So yeah. I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation, Karen. 
Well, thank you for having me, Lily, and continue your great work because we're all benefiting from that, really. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.